0: Hey, my name's Josh. I'm Logan. And we're coming to you from J.R. Heller Real Estate and Mortgage. And today we are going to talk about, man, I like your shirt. That is cool. Little, little skull dudes on there. Yeah. That is awesome. That's legit. A little Halloween thing. If theme. you're in real estate, you can get skull collared shirts like that. The button downs, man. Yeah, man. Very cool. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Logan?
1: Uh, I think we're talking fix and flips. Yeah.
0: Fix and flips. Great thing to talk about. Love fix and flips.
1: So do i yeah man great great investment opportunities absolutely
0: good stuff on it so what do you look for when you look for a fix and flip what's the primary thing how do you get started what are you trying to do what are you looking for
1: well so first off in any investment especially in real estate it's all about purchase price you know what you, you make your money on the buy yep. so on, on fix and flips obviously the uh more distressed the property is And honestly, the more distressed the seller is, you know, the better of a deal you're gonna find. If you find a property in an area that is gentrified and, you know, up and coming and really nice area, but there's, you know, Couple properties here and there that need a ton of love, and you know, not just TLC. We're talking full Reno, um, you know, and sellers that you know just got behind keeping up with the property, got behind on mortgage, taxes, you know, whatever yep. the case may be. Maybe going through divorce. Yeah. Um, there's some motivation there, and that's what you're looking for to find, uh, you know, good good deals. Because yeah. it's all about the margins, right? You know, you gotta project what you're gonna be selling at, yep. you know, in three to six months, yep. depending on how large and how long of a project it is. Yeah. And you're just basically reverse engineering the numbers.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. I would say uh, motivation-wise, there's a lot of different like motivating factors like you kind of touched on. It's not necessarily just property motivation, like meaning property condition motivation. Um, you know, it could be, I had a, a call with a gentleman this morning, we're going out to take a look at, he just bought the property last year and, um, the property appreciated in value. It was a little bit of a fixer-upper. Didn't need a whole lot of work when he moved in, but like paint, carpet would like force appreciation quite a bit. So he got it for a pretty decent deal, right? But he's getting a new job offer, and it's outside of the area of where he lives now. Yep. And so he's literally willing to sell for basically break even, and there's still a value add in there, and he understands and knows full well that, you know, there needs to be enough room for somebody like me to come in and put a little bit of work in it, put a little bit of money into it and still make a profit at the end of the day. Exactly. He's completely okay with that. He spoke with a realtor. The realtor was like, hey, if you list it on the market, you could probably get X. But he he understood like, I'd rather take time out of the equation. I don't want to have showings. I don't want to have to mess with all that. I understand I'd probably get more money for it listing it on the market, but I just want a quick, easy sale. Yep. So that's a different type of motivation, right? You don't always necessarily have to be looking at um, a deep, deep stress, distressed property if there's motivation in other areas, like Logan said, with divorce and yeah. you know whatever, tax delinquent. It could be financial. <laughs> it could be emotional. It could be job-related. It could be... There's all sorts of different reasons people would sell property at a discount.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: So yeah, so yeah.
1: And and when you are buying it at a deep discount on those more distressed situations, I always educate the consumer, educate the seller, and basically be like, hey, listen, the reason why we are coming in at the price that we're coming in at, we have a target number in mind, right? Our our margin is, you know, we're looking to make X amount on this deal, right? And I'll be transparent with that and say, yeah. listen, you know, by the time that the work is done, withholding mm-hmm. cost, purchase price, and work done to the property, yeah. this is how much we're gonna be in the property. Yeah. And our hoping goal is to get this. We might not even get this. This yeah. is just what we're projecting. Exactly. Um, so now player. obviously we're conservative with our numbers because we wanna yeah. make sure that we are hopefully getting that number. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, But you know, you just educate them and explain to them, you know, you're providing a solution to them at the end of the day. Well, so. and it
0: helps a lot to break down that barrier. Because I think a lot of times when somebody, you know, gets a cash offer or or reaches out to an investor, they're thinking, okay, is this guy trying to take advantage of me? They're just trying to get my property for the lowest price possible. And it's kind of like it becomes an adversary, right? Yeah. You button up against where you feel like your um, what you guys want aren't aligned. And if you show the homeowner or whoever you're dealing with, the agent even the numbers in reverse and say, hey, listen, this is the number we're shooting for. We need to put about this much into the property. And so we really need to buy it at this for it to make sense. It's just it's just a mathematical equation. It takes a lot of that tension out of the room to be able to
1: do that. And also, I mean, one of the big things that a lot of investor new investors overlook is holding costs. You know holding costs points
0: and fees on loans. Yeah, exactly that's what yeah, I include all all that together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there,
1: that's that's money out of your pocket. It's a that, lot, too. It's yeah. not
0: insignificant. And the longer the rehab process takes, the longer those fees start adding up. Yep. Um, and that that's a really good point because yeah. they, they don't show you that on HTTV. They, you know, yeah. they show you, yeah. oh, they bought it for this, and then they're going to put this much money into it, and then they're going to resell it for this, and it's all profit. What about closing costs, title costs, real estate commissions, points and fees, taxes, utilities? Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on of the money that gets taken out of that profit.
1: Yeah. And and you're closing on it twice, you know, so when you purchase it, you're closing on it and you have, you know, your fees then. But then when you sell it, you have additional fees as well. So it's, It's you know, you got to factor all that in there.
0: Absolutely. And typically when somebody's uh, an investor is giving a cash offer to a a seller on a property, they're paying for the closing costs for both sides. Yep. Um, So it's even more than a traditional sale where typically the buyer and seller will split some of those fees. Right. Yep. So, yeah, those are all really, really important things to make sure that you understand or are aware coming into it. You know, in our program, and I've been building this out in our CRM, which is pretty cool. And actually, i should going to show it to you, Logan, because you haven't seen it yet. But um, I'm able to track, right, um, in real time as far as my interest rate on my hard money loan, how, how many months uh, the is going to take, what the points of fees look like. And so I can spit out a calculation and understand what are my total... Um, projection costs for the rehab, what are my total projection costs for closing, what are my total projection costs for the hard money, so that I know after all that is in, okay, we're purchasing at this, our ARV is this after after repair value, what we're shooting to sell it for, and I know every single cost that's going to go into it and come up with a projection profit, right? Yep. Um, so that's very important when you're looking to fix and flip. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a backwards, and how we get ARV basically, or after repair value, is by looking at comps. Contact me.
1: Contact a local professional. Touch on
0: how comps work, Logan.
1: You're just pulling comparable properties in the area, you know, like like properties that have sold within a reasonable amount of time. You know, obviously the the closer the better, um, and the more like the property is the better. But obviously in certain areas, more rural areas and more, uh, um, you know, not as high volume areas. You know, some of the these uh, mountain properties, you know, up north. You you know, you, you go into some of these counties and just there they've been two houses have sold in the last what six months you know and that's
0: a good standpoint to stay away from those kind of properties yeah even if you can find comps that are like you know sold in the last year and stuff if there's not a huge amount of turnover of property selling i would stay away from those correct
1: yeah one of my investors actually passed on a deal that we projected he could have made around a hundred thousand dollars on it but because of the the long term i mean we're looking at probably a six to twelve month you know, cycle to be yep. able to sell that property. Yep. Um, you know, it just wasn't worth the risk. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And another thing to touch on with comps is I think a lot of times, uh, especially if you're new, people look at comps for like comparable as the property sits now, which doesn't help you at all because you're not trying to get the value of what it is as it sits. You want the value of a comp that has been fixed up. Correct. That is going to be like the property once you fix it up and sell it.
1: Yeah, so if you're adding bathrooms, you're adding bedrooms, you're adding any square footage, obviously permits need to be pulled for some of this stuff, you know. But if you're adding additional value other than just a cosmetic rehab, you need to look at properties that are are comparable to that. You know, if right. it's a three two and you're going to sell it as a four three, you that's know, with story. with an extra six hundred square foot, you know, that's a whole different property. Correct.
0: Yep. Exactly. So make sure you're looking at comps that are comparable to the after value that you give to it, right?
1: Yep. And then you got a budget for all that too. I mean, obviously, you're like, oh well, the, the work is going to cost this much, but then pr- pulling permits and everything like that, that's additional costs as yep. well. So you need to try and factor in everything, yep. and you want to be as conservative with your numbers, like range high yeah. and then on, on the resale, on the ARV range low, you know, so. And
0: I would make sure too, even with all that said, have an obviously have a minimum of what you need to project and profit to be able to move forward, knowing that there's going to be contingencies in there and there's going to be things that probably eat away. At that profit not not give you more profit correct so you know 20k minimum right i'm not touching anything unless it gives me a 20k minimum profit right after i'm being very aggressive on numbers and making sure you know that that i have a margin of safety in there because you don't want to get in a flip and have all this overhead and all these moving parts with a projected uh, profit of 10 grand. Correct. Um, that's going to go away real quick. It's going to get eaten up. Things will happen that you never saw coming.
1: Oh, yeah. Once you start opening up. up some walls, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of the stories that I've heard oh, yeah. it can get really bad. Yeah, um, very quickly. Yeah.
0: And things are no longer cheap. I don't know if they've ever been cheap, but they're, they're even more expensive now than they've ever been. Labor, materials, all of it. So, Correct. Um, and so how do you come up with uh, uh, rehab Budget. How do you come up with the rehab value?
1: Well, at the end of the day, you need a good contractor. Or, you know, if you can do the work yourself, then you can budget for all that. You know, if you're doing everything yourself and you're doing smaller flips typically, I mean, a, a jack of all trades typically isn't taking on a full house gut reno, right. um, you know, but, but if you're a jack of all trades and you're doing some cosmetic stuff, similar to the example you gave earlier, you know, you Can budget okay. Well, this is what it's going to cost me for my materials. If I'm doing it all myself, I'm you know, maybe budgeting your labor hours if you're going to pay yourself on your labor or your guys. I'm sure you probably have a team if you're a contractor. So right. at the end of the day, it's just whoever's doing the work, you need to be able to get accurate quotes from those guys. And it needs to be somebody you know and trust that yep. is going to get the work done not only the right way but on a timely manner, yep. you know, based on your schedule and your timeline.
0: There's a, a lot of really bad horror stories of contractors taking money and, and just running with it, and yep. not finishing the project
1: oh that's that's on the worst side but even on the you know bad side but not as bad as they just take forever right you know so they they say oh it's going to take me two to three weeks and it takes them six to eight well i mean it's eating at your profits every day is eating at your profits
0: absolutely and that's typical i mean I, i would say um and that's where it's really really important that you have a solid team or you have a solid um, expertise and knowing how to do it yourself because you want to make sure that whoever it is you're working with is, is going to get the projects done in a timely fashion and in a good fashion and at the budget that they say they're going to get it done.
1: Well, exactly. You don't want to be taken advantage of it at the end of the day. Right. So, you know, probably the biggest thing is knowing your numbers. Yeah. And as long as you know your numbers and then you can check for quality of work, mm-hmm. you're good to go. Yeah. Well, you, and I,
0: I would say too, I mean, that's why it's insanely important that you buy right too, because let's say something does happen, unfortunately, and for whatever reason, you can't get the project finished. If you bought it at the right numbers, you'll still be able to resell that very, very quickly to another investor who can pick it up. And you probably can even make a profit on it yep. if you bought it at the right numbers. Um, so that's where it's, it's very, very important to buy right. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're not a numbers person, real estate investing probably is not for you. And I would contact somebody who has a fund. We yeah. are in the works of putting a fund together, so you can contact us and we can invest your your money and get you passive returns on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's plenty of other folks that we can connect you with that are investors that have these large funds um, that we work with on a regular basis that are using other people's money to create their passive income and also, um, you know, the investors' passive income. Yeah,
0: and I would say even you know even if you are a numbers person, but you know you have a full time <clears throat> job and you know it yeah. th- this takes a lot of moving parts to take it takes it's it's really a full-time gig you know yeah. so even if you know you know the power of real estate and you've always thought about wanting to do it yourself but you know you're you're stretched thin you got family your full-time you know job and and everything it's a, a probably a good thing whether it's us or somebody else to look at you know investing in real estate passively in other areas
1: 100 percent, yeah because i mean you got to think you got to find the leads you gotta find gotta find yeah. the the quality leads. So you know cycle. that that's the hardest part, probably. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, like once once you actually have some quality leads that are sellers actually looking to sell yeah. within your area yeah. then you go out to site and then you create the relationship yeah. and let them know how you can help them yeah. at jr Heller we have a multitude of options so obviously our goal is to pick up as many properties as we can can't always do that you know it doesn't always work that way sometimes we're putting them on the market sometimes we're doing some lease options with them and some yeah. creative financing so it just depends on the, the circumstance right but yeah. first step is getting those leads
0: that's the biggest thing yeah. Because uh, you know majority of the leads you get they're not going they're not going to be willing to sell at a price that you need Need to have it for correct and that's this is the hardest part and I had this conversation with another investor the other day is it's literally the hardest part of the entire game which is which is why you know wholesalers exist because wholesalers fill a need where they're finding the deals if they're good wholesalers a lot of wholesalers find deals that don't make sense The majority
1: of them find find bad deals. Yes,
0: find bad deals. But if you're a good wholesaler, that's why you get paid a lot of money in assignment fees, is because you're taking the legwork out of finding that deal, which is the hardest part of doing the entire thing. You know, I always say, and that's, I always say, you know, it's fairly easy to be able to, you know, if you know what you're looking at, it's fairly easy, easy to be able to come up with what a value of a property is once it's fixed up by looking at other comparables. It's fairly easy to get, you know, a professional contractor who has really great reviews and does quality work to give you a solid number on what it's going to cost to get it to that right. Um, the 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 true hardest part is finding those deals. Yeah. Um, and you got to turn over a lot of stones to be able to get that done. And that's where we've created a, a very good machine that is able to sort through all of those kind of different uh, people and make sure that we're fitting them in the correct box for what they're looking for.
1: Yep. 100%. Yeah. That's why it's beneficial to work with someone like us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. You want to touch on anything else? No, pretty good. I I think maybe we can do a whole segment. I wanted to touch vaguely on, um, where to find the money to be able to get these deals done, hard money stuff. But I think that might actually be a whole separate video on itself. Yeah, because yeah, we could get a lot into of that. avenues yeah. and ways to do that. So why don't you stay tuned? If you got value out of today, please um, subscribe, leave a comment below, um, and if you are interested in the next episode, which will be about the hard money, about how how to find funding to be able to get these deals done, uh, look out for our next video. And uh, appreciate you guys being here.
1: Thanks, guys.